Welcome to the CSL Olympia podcast. In this episode, you will hear an opening prayer, followed by a talk. You can learn more about us at our website, cslolympia.org. Blessings. So please, step into prayer with me. Taking a deep breath, letting it out, knowing that there is only one, one heart, one mind, one life, one breath, that is all that there is, that permeates and saturates this entire existence. It is that which expresses as wisdom, compassion, vulnerability, humility, and love. It is not loving, it is love itself. I know it to be called God. Sometimes that is too heavy for others to utter. There are other names, spirit, the great mystery, the universal field of consciousness, But it is this divine presence. And I see it and feel it and know it everywhere that I go. It is in that fledgling's first flight from its mother's nest. The increased chatter of the birds in this spring season. And the stretch of rainbow across that endless sky. Bringing forth the manuscript of God for all to see. It is that which is infinite and eternal, omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. And I am of it. I'm an expression of that one. I am divine light. I know it. Because I am an extension of that one in this physical body. I am the infinite expressing in this finite form. And I contain all those God qualities within me. And I know this is the truth for each one here as well. Each one here is this drop in the ocean of consciousness. And that ocean of consciousness is contained within each drop. So it is from this place of awareness, this place of consciousness, that I speak my word. That in this service today, there is no need for lack, limitation, separation, or concern in any way. What rises up, In place of that is courage, confidence, vulnerability, openness, this heart-centered awareness to bring forth everything that you are into this service, to be open to receiving everything that is here, the words, the service, the silence, down to the very atoms, molecules, and cells of each one's being, This divine presence is, and this service is an inspiration towards that. And so I'm filled with gratitude in this awareness, gratitude in this knowingness of this truth, of this word that is spoken, and thankfulness for the law that always receives, never pushes back, just says, yes, yes, it is done, yes, may it be so. And so I surrender this word into that law, knowing that it has made its impression upon the consciousness of Christ, upon the mind of Buddha. 
And I simply say, and so it is. Living out loud. Living out loud. Yes. And this month, we're going to explore the power of vulnerability. I'm going to talk about that today. Next Sunday, I'm going to talk about uh, the Easter story a bit and, and how that works into our lives and compares that with our lives. And, and, uh, and it, it isn't uh, just about uh, that guy. Um, it's about all sorts of things to, to do with Easter. But we'll look at vulnerability, and then uh, the weeks after that, we'll have some guest speakers looking at vulnerability for the rest of the month, because uh, I'm heading out for a six-week sabbatical um, after next Sunday. So, yay! Today, with the idea of vulnerability, we're looking at the power, or looking at defining and aligning. Lining. That's easy for you to say. <laughs> defining and aligning. So what is the definition? What do we mean when we talk about vulnerability, and how can we align with that? So the first thing you might say is, what do you mean by the power of vulnerability? Isn't vulnerability sort of a weakness? What the heck is he saying? Well, let's take a look. Merriam-Webster defines vulnerable as capable or of being physically or emotionally wounded. And in our culture, being wounded is usually an experience to avoid, yes? Mm-hmm. But interestingly, in medieval mysticism, it was, a, it was considered a sacred experience. Rumi, the poet Rumi, says, the wound is the place where the light enters you. Not our perfection, but our wound is where the light enters us. And the 16th century Spanish mystic John of the Cross, in his poem, Dark Night of the Soul, describes a moment of being lovingly in the arms of spirit, of the beloved, And he says, with his gentle hand, he wounded my neck and caused all my senses to be suspended. Where are our senses? They're within our self-identity, yes? They're within our physical body. So he causes all the senses, all the outer body to be suspended. I remained lost in oblivion. My face reclined, I reclined on the beloved. All ceased. And I abandoned myself, leaving my cares forgotten among the lilies. Perhaps this wounding isn't something to avoid after all, but to seek out, to experience. Brene Brown gives us another definition. She says, vulnerability is a state of emotional exposure that comes with a certain degree of uncertainty. It involves a person's willingness to accept the emotional risk that comes from being open and willing to love and be loved. To be open is vulnerability. So we begin to see that vulnerability, even the wound itself, is a two-way street. It might be said that when we're wounded, our self-identity flows out and our spiritual identity flows in. It reminds me of... um, Michael Beckwith's comment that a bad day for the ego is a good day for the soul. (laughs) So we can stay protected behind our thick walls, or we can risk stepping out into the open. And what will we find out there, in the great out there? Ernest Holmes says, every one of us has in back of us the potential of the universe. Got that? Every one of us has 
in back of us, the potential of the whole universe. There's an irresistible potential pressing against everyone for self-expression. If we listen, we shall hear it not as a voice, but as a feeling, as a divine urge to express. Breathe that in and notice where you feel that in your life. That divine urge to express, to be the light, the love. When we realize that our wounds are not just the place where the light enters us, but also where the place from which the light shines out from us, expresses from us, illuminating the dark corners of our lives. For healing and release, and illuminating the dark corners of other people's lives in the world for healing and release. For vulnerability and even uh, woundedness, we, we need to understand the need for that. We need to understand the need that we have to be vulnerable. We have to be open in order to experience healing. Without the willingness to be vulnerable, our wounds never heal. It's like the, uh, the Fisher King from the medieval mytho- mythology uh, who was wounded, and his wound kept him from walking or riding a horse, in other words, from moving forward in any way. And so he sat day by day, day in, day out, fishing, which is to sit avoiding our experience. It's a means of avoidance, while his kingdom, which represents the outer affairs in our life, is barren and desolate, and he's waiting for somebody to come along and save him. If you're familiar with the myth of Parsifal, that was the original uh, Fisher King, but it, it expresses through a number of, of myths. The truth is, we're all wounded. Sorry. Nudge your neighbor. Say, we're both wounded. And we have the choice of hiding our wounding, secretly hoping someone will come along and save us, and avoiding dealing with our wounds. Or we can face our wounding, our vulnerability, and recognize the wound as a sacred gift. Stephen Russell says, who's an actor and and, uh, voice artist, says, vulnerability is the only authentic state. Being vulnerable means being open. Being open for wounding, but also for pleasure. Being open to the wounds of life also means being open to the bounty and the beauty of life. So what blocks our willingness to be vulnerable? To be, as we talked about last month, authentic, authentically ourselves. There's three things that can feel like anything from a crack, little crack, to a bottomless pit of a canyon, yes? The first, of course, is fear. And it's not the real authentic fear that you feel when you contemplate running across the freeway to go look at some shiny object. That's wise fear, okay? It's the unreasonable fears that keep us, keep us frozen, that keep us from moving forward, that keep us from going out. It's the fear of what will people think of me. It's the fear of I'll be rejected. It's the fear of, of you know, trying something new. Oh, my God, something new. Fear of not being good enough or appealing, appearing foolish. I know none of you, but you know people, right? Okay, yeah. And you might appear foolish because you might not master something new the very first time you try it, or even the second time. If we're raised in a culture of criticism and shame and never good enough, the idea of being vulnerable is terrifying. Breathe. So fear can be a helpful guide 
that sheds light on areas of our lives we haven't wanted to explore. Noticing where am I afraid? And what am I afraid of? And being conscious of it, because most of the time our fear runs kind of underneath the surface, right? It's like a little virus in the computer that's running behind all of what you think is happening. So paying attention to it. Vulnerability does not have to be a dive in, head first, feel the fear, and just do it anyway kind of thing. We can approach vulnerability gently at our own pace. Glennon Doyle, in her book, Untamed, tells the story of her two daughters when they were young and they decided they wanted to get their ears pierced. And her younger daughter, whose name was Ama, was a let's go do it kind of girl. And so she said they went to the mall and or they you know, were doing the piercing and she just jumped right up into the chair of the person who was doing the piercings, kind of surprised her and said, let's do it, let's go. And she was that kind of girl. So she got both of her ears pierced. And her slightly older sister, Tish, watched. She saw the tears. She noticed that afterwards there were uh, plum tomatoes where there used to be earlobes. Grape tomatoes. And she decided that she wasn't ready. And her sister tried to encourage her, saying, you only live once. To which Tish replied, one of my favorite little replies here, why do people always say that when they're going to do something dangerous? You only live once, so don't get dead young. Isn't that a great line? Her mom said in, in her book, she said, sometimes being brave means letting everyone down except yourself. Amma's brave is often loud and go for it. <laughs> she also made a note that at the time this happened, she was six years away from having a felony. <laughs> go for it! Tisha's brave is often quiet and waiting for it. They're both brave girls because each is true to herself. They're not divided between what they feel and know on the inside and what they say and do on the outside. Their selves are integrated. They live in integrity. So just noticing. Face any fear of vulnerability gently. But do face it. Don't avoid it. There's a difference between I will face this gently and I'm not going to look at that. A second canyon to cross is uncertainty. Our comfortable, small-minded self loves consistency, loves certainty. Yes? Just say yes. You know you do. (laughs) I have a couple of minister friends who say, I think religious scientists are the toughest people to actually accept change. You know, ministers have, you know, they go into a community and, and they've been singing the peace song for 25 years. And they say, let's change that. And they get, you know, <laughs> evicted. I love Emerson's quote that uh, a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. Mm. A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. Many of us want certainty. We want a plan. We want a guarantee. And if we have a plan, we want a backup plan. And if we have a backup plan, we want a backup plan to the backup plan to the plan. Yes? Some of you know who I'm talking about, which is you. To be vulnerable is to be friends with uncertainty. You know, we say the principle is not bound by precedent, and what that means simply is 
It's a recognition that the universe is constantly shifting. Have you noticed? It's constantly changing. You're in change, which means there is no certainty or even consistency. We like to think there is, yes? But it's not real. Flow means uncertainty. And we can either cling desperately to some rock of, of you know, our idea of certainty, or we can flow with the stream. Breathing, flowing with. We can use uncertainty as a barrier, or we can be open and curious and alive. And as we let go of our clinging in, quote, safety, which is an illusion, thinking this clinging is our source, we open to an experience the one thing behind all things. And we expand into our infinite potential. Your life is when? Now. And then the third crack that can hold us back, and there may be more than just these, but I'm going to just talk about three today. The third crack that can hold us back is comparison, which is looking around to see what's everybody else doing before I make a move. And this gives away our power to everybody else, right? And it doesn't let us hear the sound of our own authentic voice that wants to come through. As children, we may have learned to blend in. We may have learned to be invisible, to not be too much, to play small, to dumb down and turn our light down or keep it under a bushel basket. As children in a dysfunctional home or school or church, this may indeed have been a wise strategy at the time. Yes? Yep. But we aren't those children, and we don't live in those systems anymore. You know, I've, I shared with you, I think it was last week, that you know, my mantra for a little while was, my mother doesn't live here anymore. You know, and sometimes we have to wake up and remember that. Our, our mother, our father, our teacher, our you know, priest, or whatever, doesn't live here anymore. We aren't children anymore. We have the ability to claim and live in our authentic power. However, as our wounded child begins to realize it's safe to come out and play now, it still may take a little while to reorient. To reorient this new world. And so part of our vulnerability is admitting when we're scared and asking for support. And that's why we do spiritual growth in community, is we can lean into each other. We can talk with each other. We're not doing it in isolation. We're here to, as Ram Dass says, walk each other home. And that home, you know, I sometimes used to think home was to the end of our lives. But no, home is that home within us, to walk each other to the place of home that we really belong to within us. The light of our real magnificence. The poet Rumi invites us to move within, but not the way that fear makes us move. Move within, but not the way that fear makes us move. He says, instead, let the beauty we love be what we do. Let the beauty that you love be what you do, be how you live. Whether anybody else approves of it or not. We've talked about the barriers to being vulnerable, being like cracks or canyons. Now, I've spoken before about the, uh, the, art, the Japanese art of kintsugi. And kintsugi is where you take a piece of pottery that's been broken and fill it and repair it by filling it in with gold. 
filling it in with gold. So that the pot becomes, the, the pottery, the, the piece becomes more valuable than it was before it was broken. Being vulnerable opens us to the flow of the gold of life, to the healing power of spirit. Only as we become vulnerable do our fears, our shame, our woundedness fade into the infinite love that the divine is. There's a lovely song that Ricky Byers does that if I had thought about it earlier, I might have asked Brent and Amy to do it, but it's just, it says, all fades into God. And so we let go of that fear. <coughs> and we truly realize that we are and always have been whole. Not as a nice intellectual idea, but as a true experience within us. I invite you to breathe into that center of you that does know it's whole. And just remember that. So this week, for a spiritual practice, I invite you to become aware of what blocks your vulnerability. When you feel like being vulnerable, where do you, what comes up for you? And we talked about just plain fear. We talked about what will other people think. We talked about comparing ourselves to others. Just notice, without judgment, without shame, just notice. And then ask, how would I feel if I could be vulnerable here? How would I feel if I could be honest and vulnerable here? And remember that vulnerability is not an emotional dump, right? It's not, oh, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be vulnerable and just tell you everything. It's not oversharing, it's not having no boundaries, it's not being a doormat. Vulnerability is a conscious choice to express thoughts and feelings and desires in a way that serves to nurture an authentic life, both for you and the other person. It's a way of connection, not a way of blat. It's a heart-to-heart connection. Will I let my heart be vulnerable enough to connect with your heart? So this week, be open to letting the light shine into and out of your cracks. Are you willing to play with that as a spiritual practice this week? Yes. Great. I heard a couple of people more enthusiastic than others. <laughs> Are you willing to share, play with that this week? Yes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and, that's, and that's honest, too. We all have that little voice in us, doesn't it? You want me to be what? (laughs) When? With who? I'm going to close with a quote that comes from uh, Nadia Bowles-Weber from her book, Shameless. We can only really know and be known when we show how life has marked us. I never really feel a connection to someone until they have shared with me the lumpy, broken, or even petty parts of themselves. Our pain and failure, the things we so often try to hide, the things that create shame, the things that scar, are what gives us texture. And without texture, there is nothing for others to connect to. I invite you this week to be you, just authentically, honestly, vulnerably, yourself. We have an affirmation. I risk, say this with me, I risk being vulnerable to the light 
to let the light shine into and out of me. And again, I risk being vulnerable to let the light shine into and out of me. And so it is. I invite you to look around at the faces and the hearts of the divine. Remember that your face and your heart are one of those. We have somebody resituating, relocating. And so we simply go within, into our own heart and our own deep space within. And remember that there is only one presence. By whatever name we give it, there's only one infinite presence. It is the beauty, it is the joy, it is the love, it is the wholeness. It is already present in, through, and as this universe and beyond. There's nothing that we have to do to make that happen. It just simply is. And then we remember that we ourselves are one of that infinite presence because there is nowhere else to be. It's the only game in an extremely large town. And so we ourselves are the love, and the beauty, the joy, the wholeness, expressing individually as us, God as us, spirit as us, Tao as us. And so from this awareness, I speak my word that each of us is blessed. We are already blessed. And we are willing to share the blessing that we are with each other. We are willing to be vulnerable at whatever level, whatever pace that is for each of us. And simply give and receive love. Because that's really what vulnerability is about. When we say yes to that love, the flow of that love, giving and receiving, the shining of the light within and without and gratitude for all the good that shows up in our lives that we receive because we believe. I simply say it is so, and so it is. So it is.